0: Good afternoon everyone, Uh, thank you for joining me to go over some highlights of budget 2024 which will also serve as the 23-24 third quarter fiscal update. The theme of this year's budget is a responsible plan for a growing province. I know there's been a lot of speculation leading up to today about what this budget would look like. Would we make drastic cuts to boost our bottom line? Would we spend it all, all while times are good? Would we abandon our plan to pay down debt and stabilize our finances in the long term? If I could turn things around and ask you a question about this budget, it would be what would you do? What would you do if you and your family had a pretty good year? Maybe your income got a bit of a bump, maybe you were able to cut back on expenses a bit. Whatever the case, when you sat down to look at your family budget for the next year, what would you do? Would you hit the book now button on that trip somewhere warm and uh, worry about the rest when you get back? Would you sock it all away for a rainy day and make your family go without until then? Chances are you probably wouldn't do either of these things. Chances are you'd look at what you needed to take care of now and what you knew was coming up in the next few years and make a careful plan, a responsible plan a plan that would make strategic investments to support your family today and make sure they're supported in the future. We did the same thing when we planned budget 2024. Today, I'd like to outline the strategic investments we are making to support Albertans today and maintain Alberta's economic growth into the future. Budget 2024 is a responsible plan to strengthen healthcare and education. It builds safe and supportive communities, manages our resources wisely and promotes job creation to build alberta's competitive advantage it is a solid budget based on measured fiscal choices that improve the lives of albertans to help our province realize its full potential budget 2024 is another balanced budget with a forecasted surplus of 367 million in 24 25. this responsible plan strikes the right balance between investing wisely To meet the needs of Albertans today and ensuring those services remain sustainable to support the next generations. With this roadmap we are meeting our promise to support a thriving and successful province no matter what challenges lay ahead. We are refocusing the health care system so every Albertan has access when and where they need it. We are investing in a bright future for our children with new and modernized schools and learning supports for students of all abilities. Budget 2024 keeps life more affordable for families and provides services and supports for those in need. We're also investing in a safe and secure Alberta by providing mental health, addiction and police supports so all Albertans feel secure and welcomed. We're protecting and managing our resources wisely by safeguarding communities and our economy from potential natural disasters finally budget 2024 is maintaining alberta's competitive advantage boosting jobs attracting investment and strengthening our position as the nation's economic engine the future is promising as alberta's economy continues to gain momentum following a year of solid growth we expect people will continue to flock to alberta driving up our population by 3.7% in 2024. Job gains will continue, which will help industries facing labour shortages to attract and retain more workers. We're also welcoming investment from across Canada and around the world. We have a bioethanol plant coming to Calgary, a milk plant near Black Falls, and a chocolate facility in Stony Plain. There's the Dow Chemicals Net Zero Emissions Ethylene Cracker, The Air Products Hydrogen Facility, the McCain Foods Potato Processing Facility, and the list goes on as we create an environment that generates more jobs, diversifies our economy, and builds the Alberta Advantage. But there are risks that can't be ignored. Geopolitical turmoil is keeping oil prices volatile, and the uncertainty from the layering of harmful and foolish federal policies are preventing Alberta's economy from reaching its full potential and holding back investment and productivity gains, not just in the province, but across the country. More people moving here means more pressure on our roads, hospitals, and schools, and on the doctors, teachers, and other dedicated workers who provide us services. This year, we're entering into contract negotiations with close to 250,000 public sector workers in in education, health, post-secondary institutions, and within the government. We're also facing significant debt servicing costs, which are expected to be $3.4 billion in 2024-25. Without a responsible plan to pay down debt when we can, we would be on the hook for far more. And then there's the very real and immediate concern of natural disasters and extreme weather events. Last summer's wildfire season burned 2.2 million hectares and forced the evacuation of more than 38,000 people. It also depleted our $1.5 billion contingency and more than 50 fires continue to burn underground. The ongoing drought is a huge concern for our farmers, for industry and for all Albertans, especially in the south. Dugouts are dry and the levels of water in many reservoirs are dangerously low. With little rain uh, predicted on the horizon, we need a responsible plan that will prepare us and our kids for whatever tomorrow may bring. We must spend and plan with the future in mind, making the most out of every available dollar. So let's take, let's first take a look at our provincial revenues. Our forecast revenue of 73.5 billion for 24-25 is 2.1 billion lower than the forecast for 23-24. The ups and downs of oil prices have much to do with that, but although resource revenue is down, it's expected to tick up in the next couple of years. We expect to get more for our heavy oil when the Trans Mountain Pipeline opens later this year. The world needs our clean energy and with TMX we will get our vast resources to the West Coast more efficiently and increase access to global markets. Corporations continue to invest in Alberta and contribute to our economy and success. And as more people make Alberta their home, and find good-paying jobs, we expect to bring in $15.6 billion in personal income tax in 24 25 That's a stable revenue source from hard-working Albertans who support our province and share in our prosperity. Our government is building on Alberta's already strong personal tax advantage and is keeping its promise to Albertans by introducing a new personal income tax bracket of 8% on the first 60000 of income saving Albertans up to $760 per year, once fully implemented. As we implement the new tax bracket, we must proceed in a responsible way. Based on the current fiscal plan, the government expects to implement the tax cut over two years. Albertans will see the full impact of the new tax bracket in 2027. We are taking a responsible staged approach so our revenues continue to support core social programs and the budget remains in surplus. I'm happy to report that ATB, Alberta's largest financial institution, is positioned to declare $100 million of dividends to the province annually, starting in 24-25. These dividends will increase the province's available cash and highlight the value ATB provides to Alberta. The budget does introduce or increase some taxes. To deter smoking and tobacco use and stay aligned with provincial neighbours, Budget 2024 raises taxes on cigarettes and smokeless tobacco. Even though this tax is increasing, Alberta still has the lowest taxes on cigarettes in Western Canada. Alberta will join the existing federal-provincial-coordinated vaping tax framework, meaning there will be a new provincial vaping tax. Smoking and vaping continue to be serious public health issues in Alberta, causing considerable harm to many Albertans. So, we hope to see revenues from these taxes dwindle over time as more people quit. Alberto is following suit behind Saskatchewan and 44 U.S. jurisdictions like California, Montana, and Oregon by introducing a new annual tax on electric vehicles. Uh, Since EV drivers obviously don't pay a fuel tax, this new tax will be their contribution to keep provincial roads maintained and to support other public services. The land title's registration fee is increasing to support and improve the land title system. Uh, even with these tax increases, we continue to have among the lowest taxes in the country. Albertans are charged at least $19 billion less in taxes than they would pay if they lived in any other province. Overall, we are carefully shaping and refining Alberta's competitive tax system. It will remain a generator of stable income that will continue to meet the needs of Albertans in the future. Turning now to provincial expenses, with a forecast expense of $73.2 billion, or a 3.9% increase from last year, Budget 2024 is a responsible plan. It puts Albertans and Alberta families first by investing in strong health care, a modern education system and supports to keep, keep life affordable. We know health care is the top priority of Albertans. We are targeting dollars to four specialized areas to drive improvement and find new, better ways to meet the needs of each patient. We want every Albertan to have their own family doctor or healthcare provider. So we're investing 475 million to strengthen primary care. We're training more rural and indigenous family doctors and developing a new compensation model for nurse practitioners. We're recruiting and retaining more physicians to underserved communities and helping them keep their medical clinics open. We're also transforming continuing care so seniors can age with dignity in the community with better access to home care and end-of-life care. And we're investing in new mental health and addiction facilities to keep expanding access to our recovery-oriented system of care in all communities. We're also building a bright future for our children and investing in the success of our families. To address enrollment growth this year, budget 2024 will allow schools to hire hundreds more teachers. Schools across Alberta will also be able to hire more educational assistants and other support staff to help with specialized learning needs. 43 new school projects are going forward in communities where we're seeing the biggest pressures. These new projects will add 35,000 new and modernized student spaces. In total, there will be 98 new and modernized school projects around the province. Budget 2024 also helps keep life affordable and supports Albertans most affected by inflation and the high costs of living. We're helping build another 3,300 new affordable housing units and finishing 1,800 units already started. We're expanding our rental assistance program to support an additional 550 households in need. We're investing in high-quality services provided in lodges and social housing so seniors and people in need have safe, warm places to call home. By indexing payments of social programs to inflation again, we're providing more support to families, seniors, and people with severe disabilities. Plus, the new 25% discount program is saving seniors up to $20 million each year on medical driving tests and personal registry services budget 2024 continues our work to make alberta a more safe and welcoming place to live and work we're supporting police and mental health crisis teams to respond together to help people with mental health emergencies we're adding hundreds of new homeless shelter spaces and supporting women's shelters and programs that work to prevent family violence and sexual assault budget 2024 invests in improving access to the court and justice system Investments will upgrade courtrooms and add more judges, clerks, and staff to handle the mounting number of court cases in good time. And a specialized prosecution service is also being developed. It will focus on making sure violent criminals and gang members face the consequences of their actions. But we're not only protecting Albertans and communities from crime and violence. Budget 2024 also protects our environment and prepares our communities and economy to face future floods and the very real threat of drought and worsening wildfires. That's why we're investing $206 million to enhance the capacity of the province to fight wildfires, including new firefighting equipment. We're upgrading our current air tanker fleet and buying new firefighter, firefighting equipment. We're also shoring up Alberta's valuable water supply and protecting our communities from both drought conditions and the dangers of floods. With $251 million over three years, communities will build more berms, dams, canals, and reservoirs to protect people and properties from floods and droughts. Budget 2024 also supports a number of water projects to protect our province and conserve our landscapes for decades to come. We must provide farmers and agricultural producers a reliable and safe water supply to grow the crops and water the cattle that feed our families and people around the world. The budget invests more than $250 million for irrigation projects across Alberta. We need to do more with the water we have and create long-term plans to protect Albertans for decades to come. We're launching a new strategy to increase water availability across the province and bring our water management into the 21st century. Our goal is to improve water storage infrastructure, enhance water conservation efforts and upgrade water data systems and water policies. An independent water advisory committee will provide advice and guidance moving forward. And we're investing in many municipal and regional water and wastewater projects. This will ensure Albertans continue to have clean drinking water and communities continue to attract investment and grow. We're making investments across the province to maintain Alberta's competitive advantage. Through budget 2024, we are attracting more investment, supporting more jobs, and developing a skilled and diversified workforce to keep our economy growing. Budget 2024 provides $724 million this coming year in municipal infrastructure funding through the local government fiscal framework. We're also, we've also created a new local growth and sustainability grant program to provide an additional $20 million each year to help fast growing municipalities fund infrastructure that attracts economic development. We're adding 3,200 seats in apprenticeship programs and expanding learning facilities so that more students can access education in the trades, mechanics, or science. And we're supporting projects such as the Alberta Petrochemical Incentive Program and the Alberta Carbon Capture Incentive Program. This is driving clean technology development, adding more jobs, and helping Alberta reduce emissions. We remain committed to responsible fiscal management and our fiscal framework. We have balanced our budget with spending that can be sustained going forward, and we are using our surplus to strategically pay down maturing debt and save in the Alberta Heritage Savings Trust Fund. After another $3.2 billion debt payment in 23-24, we've paid down our debt by $16.6 billion in the last two years. That has saved Albertans hundreds of millions of dollars less in interest payments and fees, and we're also keeping more than $1 billion in investment earnings in the Heritage Fund. And we're topping that up with an additional $2 billion from the Alberta Fund. That brings Alberta's long-term savings account to $25 billion, an invaluable legacy that we are growing for the next generations. We are taking steps to re-energize the vision of rebuilding the Heritage Fund into a generational store of wealth for our children and our grandchildren. We're using the good fortunes of today responsibly so future generations won't be on the hook to pay for our costly decisions. With Budget 2024, we're doing what every responsible Albertan would do. We're taking a hard look at our financial situation from all angles, the expenses we know are coming up, the money we have coming in, and the debt we need to repay. We're investing strategically in the priorities of Albertans, strengthening health care and education for our families and children. We are providing communities, businesses and industry partners with tools to responsibly manage our resources. Together we can safeguard our land and economy from natural disasters and emergencies. Our commitment to fiscal responsibility and our fiscal framework is ensuring we can sustain a strong Alberta. We are reducing our debt where and when we can saving for the future, and responsibly growing our economy so our kids and grandkids can enjoy Alberta's economic advantages. This is a budget built for today and for tomorrow. Thank you. I'll turn it back to Savannah, and we can start taking questions.
1: Great. Thanks, Minister. We'll now take some questions from media. Just a reminder, it'll be one question, one follow-up. Please state your name and outlet for the record. We'll start here in the room, and then we'll go to the phones.
2: Hi, Graham Thompson uh, with the Star today. Uh, Minister, there's a lot of questions this morning about the, Her- the Alberta Fund and the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. Last week, the Premier made a real show of talking about investing, reinvesting in the, uh, the Fund, Heritage Savings Trust Fund. But yet, in today's budget, there's nothing going into the Fund next year or the year after is growing only because of retained earnings. So can you explain why or how it's, the Premier focuses on this, but the budget does not reflect what the Premier said last week? What well, I, I, I think it does, Graham.
0: Uh, so like, like we said, we're, we're adding $2 billion from the Alberta Fund. So that's due to our surplus that we had in 23-24. And you require uh, an actual cash surplus to be able to do anything, as I'm sure you guys realized in the tech briefing this morning. Uh, but the retained earnings is the key. You know, I think over $48 billion has been taken out of the fund since inception in 1976. So I think the, re- the retained earnings is is the driver and it will build that timeline the Premier was speaking about. We need to look out multiple decades to grow the fund to a place where we will be able to take uh, take revenue off it consistently to help with operating. That's part of the plan, but that will all be released later in the year. Uh, it's still still early days, but uh, we, we will have more to say on that.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the cash surplus. Like today, according to the... Um uh, civil servants this morning this is uh, an accounting surplus so isn't this misleading albertans by basically you're borrowing money into the to get the uh the alberta fund uh, to use that you're borrowing money but yet you're claiming you have a surplus but it's not a cash surplus it's an accounting surplus so isn't that misleading albertans about the state of the budget uh, not in any way graham or not in any way that we
0: can control so we we have uh you probably saw Alberta got an A-plus in financial transparency. I think we're the only province in the country to get that. Uh, but we follow, um, you know, strict reporting guidelines laid out by the Auditor General. So this is how it has to be presented. I agree with you, it's confusing. I'm not an accountant, but you're, you're not wrong. To have, to have extra money to either pay down principal and debt or make a deposit in the Heritage Fund, it requires a cash surplus. Where we sit today, um, the best way that I can, you know, I guess communicate it, Alberta would need a $3 billion surplus to not require uh, further borrowing and a $2 billion surplus uh, to maintain or not erode its uh, uh, net debt position.
3: Great, thanks. Well, next question. Hi, Minister. Brianna Karsten-Smith with Global News. Maybe on that... Um, train of thought in terms of the debt you're talking about paying down debt paying down debt and yes 23 24 there's that payment um but we're seeing it grow into the 80 billion sort of figure Uh, can you explain then because as mentioned you're borrowing money in order to be able to say we're putting money into the heritage fund we're paying for capital and we are also uh, having a surplus but then we're also growing the debt
0: well, I think you have to think about it in the specific fiscal years. So what the fiscal framework requires us to do... But it's
3: a three-year budget.
0: Sure, but you're talking about when you can pay down debt and when you can uh, make a deposit in the Heritage Fund. So that's, that's what the fiscal framework basically forces us to do in 23-24. So we're making another debt uh, repayment of $3.2 billion plus the $2 billion into the Heritage Fund. Budget 24 is far tighter. So we, we're looking like we're in a much, much different position in this year. The fiscal situation does get better in the out years, uh, but that's, frankly, that's what I've been saying all, all year is that we knew budget 2024 was gonna be more difficult. Um, you know, that's, that's why, uh, you know, decisions were made uh, that we had to reinstate the fuel tax and things like that to maintain the position that we're in. Um, but I would, I would say when it comes to debt repayment, When it comes to the Heritage Fund deposits, that's why it's so important in the good years, in the years where you have a surplus, that you spend it wisely, you don't increase your operating spending line because you're having a good year. And I think that's what it speaks to, but you're also allowing the retained earnings to stay in the Heritage Fund. You know, over a billion dollars this year. Every other year previously, it would have naturally gone into the General Revenue Fund and a politician would have had to make a decision to then take it out and put it in the Heritage Fund. Now that's reversed. A politician would have to make a decision to take it out of the Heritage Fund and put it into general revenue.
3: One of the big talking points that um, the Premier had uh, last week as well was the capping spending to inflation plus population. Uh, So you're using an inflation plus population rate of 6.2%. You're using a total expenses of 3.9%, which is a large discrepancy, so you're keeping it well below that number. But you're also encouraging more people to come to Alberta by doing things like that $5,000 um, grant for skilled tra- trade workers. So it seems like we are encouraging more people to come, but we're not op- we're not doing the spending to keep up with population growth and inflation. So square that peg for me.
0: Uh, sure. Good question. So I'd say uh, the... Uh, inflation pos- population number, when it comes to our fiscal rules, is always meant to be a ceiling, not a floor. You know, that's, that's something that we couldn't cross. We obviously aren't crossing it this year. Like you said, 3.9% increase in spending. Uh, when it comes to the people that we're continuing to see, Albertans, uh, New Albertans, you know, choosing to, to make their life here, that's great, but we still have a sincere need for specialized skilled labor. Um, things like the Dow project itself um, can uh, have the potential to completely drain the province of certain types of skilled labor. So, I think when uh, jobs, economy, and trade fully rolls out that program, I think you'll see that the criteria will be uh, very specific. So, if that answers your question, we're seeing a lot of Albertans, but we're still short uh, some of these specific skills.
1: Great,
0: thanks. Next question at the mic. Yeah, Duncan Kinney from the Progress Report. Nice to meet
4: you. Um, your civil servants are forecasting a 1.7 billion loss over the next between 2023 and 2027 with the sturgeon refinery, just bleeding red ink over the like 500 million here, 550 there. Is there any plan to address
0: this kind of ongoing open sore with regards to just bleeding money? It's a it's a great question. I think it's a it's a great example for, for people in government to to stay out of business. Um, look at it every every briefing I get. Uh, the Sturgeon Refinery, I think uh, I think the number that is top of mind to me. I think in twenty four in twenty four twenty five, it's showing a, a loss of uh, four hundred and sixty eight uh, million. I think your three year combined number is accurate in the forecast. Uh, combination of things. Um, Lower diesel prices uh, is creating a lot of that, uh, but also just the the, uh, the cost to, to build the thing, the debt requirements that are ongoing. So, yes, the, the the short answer is yes. The Premier has spoke to Energy, I know, and said, uh, you know, we'd like to look at options. We'd like to see, are Albertans going to be fitting this bill forever going forward, or will something change uh, drastically, with any of those variables that will put it in, in a different position. So, that question's been asked, but I haven't heard what the options are coming back. Okay.
4: And, and a somewhat related note, too, we now know the full kind of financial implications of the move to privatize Alberta Precision Labs and then renationalize it. It's $31.5 million. Is there anything from this process that you've learned or your colleagues have learned with regards to kind of privatizing
0: healthcare services? Well, I would say um, I I think your numbers are accurate. I think it's 31 million was the difference between the assets and liabilities. So that's what AHS uh, uh, paid DynaLife, and I think our our overall um, costs incurred going forward for health will be about 11 million annually. Uh, But yeah, I think supreme diligence needs needs to be had when you're considering considering any of these options. Um, I I wasn't there when. Um, you know, those discussions were were, were made. But, uh, yeah, I think there's there's still questions. I know Dynalife is successful in other provinces, uh, but it certainly didn't work here.
1: Thanks, Minister. Operator, can you please put through the first caller?
5: David Staples, Edmonton Journal. Hi,
6: Minister. Um, the tax cut has been delay till 2027 and the document the budget talks document, now says it's contingent when the promise was made i don't remember it being contingent so what would you say to albert to my question suddenly that that tax cut now seems fully in doubt
1: well
0: i wouldn't say fully in in doubt david um we've laid out mm-hmm. the we've laid out the plan here to legislate in 25 mm-hmm. and bring it in in 26 27 um, I know the, the premier's, um, been clear that, you know, she gave me multiple, um, uh, multiple, uh, things that I had to accomplish in my mandate letter. You know, one of them was the tax cut, but also, um, you know, staying within our fiscal framework and balancing the budget. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to do my best to do both of those things, uh, in the out years and, um. Uh, I don't think it's in question at all. I think it would be, a, a, you know, let's say, say oil goes to twenty dollars, and then, then the premier may um, have a have a decision on her hands. But I know as of today, we've put it in the budget. That that is the plan.
6: When the promise was made, it was talked about the, the tax cut cost, the cost of it being a billion dollars. Now that you've dug into it more. What is the current number for what that uh, tax cut would uh,
0: cost for government? Uh government? The number that sticks in my head is $1.4 billion. That's at the full, that's at 8% over a full year.
1: Great. Thanks, Minister. Operator, please put through the next caller.
5: Bob Weber, Canadian Press.
6: Hello. Hello. Uh, minister you're budgeting for a surplus of 367 million dollars but the uh, contingency fund that you've put aside is 900 million dollars less than was actually spent last year uh, how likely is it do you think that that surplus will be realized given that uh, we're likely going to be facing another hot and dry summer
0: uh great question yeah the uh, the wildfire bill came in at uh, somewhere north of 800 million and then the The lion's share of the rest of the contingency was used on uh, AFSC uh, crop insurance and moisture deficiency insurance indemnities. Uh, That fund was uh, entirely depleted. And then uh, jointly, us and the federal government, uh, there's um, a statutory um, process in place that when that happens, uh, we kick the fund up again. Uh, that's at a 75-25% uh, uh, ratio, 75 for the feds, 25 for us. Um, we do get some of that back uh, over time uh, once the fund is replenished. Um, so, yeah, we know we're, we're starting in a rough spot. There's 60 wildfires that burn through the winter. I think when I was forestry uh, minister, there were six. So that's uh, definitely... Uh, Uh, an an outlier the year that we're in and uh, I think it's it's certainly possible but the the whole idea around a contingency is you don't want to budget for you know you could make it as as high as you want I guess but you do you do need it to be realistic Um, we thought 1.5 was too low a half a billion dollar increase is a big increase Um, and so we're uh, we'll be uh, monitoring the situation closely, and uh, there is uh, some some belief that uh, you know there's there's a, a brighter outlook uh, uh, for Alberta when it comes to the uh, the summer precipitation, but we'll we'll see where it takes us. All
6: right. And uh, you, you spoke earlier about education. Uh, I, I did some quick math this morning, and it seems that. Uh, Private schools are getting roughly four times the increase on a percentage basis that uh, that public schools are. just The K to twelve envelope.
0: Can you explain why that is, please? Uh, I think that that's a question better directed at the education minister. I would have to I would have to dig in that into that. I don't have that for you. Uh, but you're not wrong. Four point four percent increase in health and education, and when you look at the fact that we're we're only increasing spending three point nine percent. Uh, means that uh, you know other areas aren't increasing at the same rate Um, health education advanced education um, they make up about 61% of this budget so everything that happens in those um, ministries uh, has a very big impact on on the
1: overall budget of the province great operator next caller please
5: Kelly Kreiderman, Globe Mail. Minister, I'm wondering what has changed since last November when you gave the fiscal update and you talked about uh, or you had a target of this year's surplus being over $2 billion. What has changed so drastically to bring our surplus almost to a technical surplus only level and to bring it and bring it and to bring the province's finances to such a knife edge it seems this year?
0: yeah it's a it's a combination of things across the board kelly um you know debt servicing costs uh escalating um the 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 needs of uh of the contingency in the year that that we're in and the overall position that we're left in um other other pressures due to the population increase that we've seen uh, across ministries uh so it's a it's a number of things but uh we could, we could definitely see it coming. We knew budget 2024 was going to be far more
2: difficult.
5: And, and when you talk about Alberta following accounting standards and uh, that being the definition of the surplus in terms of... Uh, of the overall, even though we are borrowing this year, even though we're going to go into debt more, is there a year in the past that is anything like this one where we're, we're declaring a surplus, but we're actually going into debt? We're actually in a negative cash position?
0: Uh, well, I'd have to do some digging on that, Kelly, to see what other years have been similar to this. But when you leave, when you leave um, retained earnings in the Heritage Fund, or any of these other agencies, that will that will become more and more common. Uh, it'll it'll require bigger bigger surpluses to have more cash. Um, really, the the big cash requirement is for the capital plan. Uh, that's that's the big piece, and when you that's that's always been at, at the end of the year. Uh, but the retained earnings in these agencies is the is the big driver.
1: Great, thanks, Minister. Operator, next caller, please. Rick Bell, Post Media. Uh,
6: good afternoon, Minister. Uh, simple question. Uh, once this budget is public, there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of people who want would have liked to have seen more spending in the budget than what you're spending, probably spending closer to that uh, inflation population growth. What do you say to the, those people who will say you're not spending enough
0: in this 2024 budget? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure there's always going to be criticisms. I think I've already heard some both from both directions. Um, but I would say, you know, we've we've taken a really uh, hard look at what we are spending on. Uh, we think that this is the appropriate number to spend, and we've really tried to prioritize it within this budget. Um, I referenced the increases in health and education specifically uh, in the school builds. Um, I think you'll see a, a lot of uh, intention around um, schools and the capital plan uh, as I laid out in, in my remarks. Uh, so I think we're, we're, spending, we're spending what we can. We still have increasing debt service costs that we're, that we're seeing. Um, we, we are not predicting to be in a cash surplus position in the out years. So I'd say we're we're trying to we're trying to do everything. We're trying to strike the right balance between uh, saving for the future, managing our debt responsibly, and uh, making sure that we have uh, the infrastructure for a growing province. It's uh, it ha- it hasn't been easy, but I'm I'm pleased with where it's landed. I think it's I think we have struck that balance. And
6: and the supplementary question, Minister, is this is the budget as, as projected, as, as predicted, as forecasted. Let's just say uh, the situation gets a lot better, and this has happened in Alberta before, as you know, with oil and gas. And there's more money than you expected, maybe even billions more money than you anticipated. And there, what will immediately happen is there will be a huge appetite to spend that money even though your plan calls for if that were to happen for debt repayment and putting money into the heritage fund what will you then say and we've seen this movie before that when the good t- if the good time if the times we have now get better and there's more money coming to you than you forecasted and people say spend that 2 billion dollars or 3 billion or 4 billion or 10 billion how are you going to res- how are you going to still preach the plan you have if there's a lot more money coming in
0: well i, I think because it's it's the right plan rick and so i think you've, you've heard a lot of commitment from the premier um, the fiscal rules uh, obviously help immensely uh, one thing we are doing is we're amending the legislation to provide a little more flexibility when the the premier could uh, Premier and Cabinet make that decision for a one-time spend out of the Alberta fund if we were in that uh, fortunate position that you described and there was more money in the Alberta fund uh, just to try to make that possible the way the rules are set up now it really um, isn't, isn't possible just because of the year you have to account for it in uh, and some of the other uh, fiscal rules so we're, we're going to do that so the Premier will have more of an option for a one-time spend in a great surplus year uh, but I think, I think what we're showing is a, a sustainable uh, operating line spend. Um, if we're in that great year, we will be able to pay down some more debt and decrease that line and hopefully invest in the Heritage Fund again and even increase those uh, retained earnings and hopefully shorten up the, the timeline the Premier's talked about till it's uh, large enough to be of, of value on the operating
1: side again. Great. Thanks, Minister. We're going to come back here in the room. So first in the mic, please go
4: ahead. Hi, Jeremy Appel with the progress report. Uh, I was hoping you could tell me more about the $24 million in the K-12 to education budget over the next three years uh, that's being put towards funding growth for new private schools and daycares. Like, how
0: are those funds going to do that? I, I hate to disappoint you, Jeremy, but I think you're going to have to ask the education minister. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not that granular on that today.
4: Right, fair. Uh, this might also be a similar um, answer from you uh, in terms of the advanced education budget. Um, it's $391 million for student aid and private career colleges support. What What does that until why 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 is student aid in private career colleges being
0: categorized together i think because of the the need i think that's framed that way because they saw a substantial need in the private career colleges on uh, on student loans and aid but i can i can get you a better answer but I, I think that's why it's framed that way
4: oh so it's student aid for private career colleges yes i believe so okay that that makes a lot more sense than
5: the way I read it.
1: Okay. Thanks. Okay, great. Thanks. Catherine, go ahead. Yeah, Catherine Gurkowski,
5: Alberta today. So, so you mentioned that even, even health, your top at 4.4% increase, is well below population inflation growth. You mentioned the strain on the healthcare system. So if it's not keeping up, some things have to give. So where are people going to feel the p- pinch in that budget?
0: Uh... Well, I guess I would say you know the the population numbers are, are real, so that's that's why we keep coming back to to schools, um, keep keep discussing the the needs within the healthcare system, where they'll see the pinch. I think from what I've been briefed by Minister Lagrange, um, they're confident you know through their refocusing efforts, and uh, kind of a. A uh, changing, changing direction and focusing more on the front lines and, and serving the patient—that uh, she's going to be able to p- deploy those funds more efficiently in the in the future. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm of the opinion that it's it's the the right number for Alberta today.
5: And on you had mentioned the two hundred fifty thousand public sector workers who are who are bargaining right now. I'm wondering, does the Budget account for any increases that will be negotiated. Or are you going to have to come back with a sub-supply bill, or
0: how is that going to work out? Well, we can only budget for for what's you know what's known, uh, but I I really I really can't comment on uh, on anything to do with the, the public sector compensation. Those tables are live. Uh, certainly, only want to communicate in good faith. Um, have the utmost respect for our entire public service um, and. I'm, I'm confident that they'll land in the appropriate place. It's a very robust process that looks at, you know, evidence-driven, market-driven, uh, you know, cross-jurisdictional analysis. So uh, I don't have much more to say about that other than I have, you know, faith in the process.
1: Great. Thanks. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, hi, I'm Aparajita Rahman. I'm staff reporter at The Gateway. Um, in 2022, the University of Alberta's president said that... Uh, He's been advocating for deconsolidation of the U of A's financial statements with the government of Alberta, um, from the government to Alberta accounts. Where are we at with deconsolidation with the U of A? Uh,
0: well, I, I certainly don't want to throw the Auditor General under the bus. That would not be a wise move on my behalf. But I, I think that that's where that that, that ask uh, failed, uh, that there wasn't... Uh, wasn't seen to be uh, possible the way the way it was framed is is what I understand
1: and um, my second question is how did the government decide how much money to allocate to post-secondary uh, operating costs
0: well we as Treasury Board we looked at the ass of the of the Minister and and we tried to respond appropriately
1: go ahead
5: I'm Minister Julia Wong CBC News uh, I just want to ask you a little bit more about uh, the Heritage Fund, because I know we're putting some into it this year, but then none for the next two years. And I'm wondering with that strategy, how you expect to get to up to $400 billion? I know that you said that we will see more details in the future, but some of those numbers don't seem to, to add up for me.
0: Well, I think the range was 250 to $400 million um, was, what was what was communicated. Uh, the $250 million is entirely possible just on retained earnings. But I, I think as long as we're committed to uh, considering deposits in the future, when we're in that surplus position, um, I, I think it's a great, great thing to consider. You always always have to weigh it against the, the opportunity to pay down more debt. Um, but the fund will grow, you know, compounding is an amazing thing, especially when we're talking about multiple decades. So. Um, Those numbers are all all realistic, uh, and you make a deposit when you can.
5: And I'd just like to ask you a little bit more about the electric vehicle tax. I know that you said Saskatchewan has this, but other provinces are offering incentives to people to purchase these types of vehicles. Alberta wants to tax them. It might seem like Alberta isn't interested in helping people help bring emissions down.
0: Well, I'm interested in fixing the roads, and uh, I I think all Albertans would, would like to to do their part in making sure we can maintain our highway infrastructure. Um, if you look around, I think 43 or 44 U.S. jurisdictions have already done this or are in the process of doing this. Um, so we just looked uh, at aligning it with the um, what an average Albertan driver would pay in fuel tax over the course of a year. And um, you've, you've seen the revenue line. We need We need everyone to help.
4: Marc-Antoine Leblard, canada um, consider, Considering the surplus of $400 million, I just wonder if the fires are even worse than expected, for example, or the WTI drops. What's your plan, basically?
0: Well, when when you have a, a fire or an emergency situation, I don't think any Albertans need to worry. We'll, we'll be there and we'll we'll deal with the consequences in this room the next year. <laughs> I, I don't know. Even even this year, we, we, we spent above the contingency. Um, there are exemptions within the fiscal framework that allow you to do that, especially around uh, emergency situations or uh, sudden drastic declines in revenue.
4: And I just want to go back to the tax cut, because during the campaign, the UCP promised a tax cut. Then Smith said it's going to be in a year then it's over two years so I'm just wondering uh, basically the UCP is broken a promise because if I'm not mistaken there was no
0: question of the two years period well I, I was on that campaign and pretty active and I, I, know, it was, I know it was promised and it will, it will be fulfilled um, the, like the Premier said we're going to do multiple things including balance the budget uh, so I, I think well I certainly hope Bill Burton's respect that Jonathan Bradley, Western Standards. Just just one more thing. I don't mean to interrupt you, Jonathan. I'll get back to you. Just one more comment around the tax guide. It should also be mentioned that one of the first things we did was reindex the basic personal exemption. So the tax relief that all Albertans saw by doing that in in the the last fiscal year and the every fiscal year that will follow is about a billion dollars, nine hundred and eighty million dollars that saved Albertans and we did that immediately. Go ahead, sir.
3: Okay. Thank you. So you said all Albertans think about future generations. How do you want budget 2024 to be remembered by future generations?
0: Well, I think this, uh, this striking the right balance, this balanced approach, like I said, we're, we're, we're doing a, we're doing a few things. We're saving for the future. We're, we're, um, we're spending on the infrastructure we need today. Uh, we're managing our debt, um, we, we made the analogy in my opening remarks to, you know, the decisions a household makes, and I, I view this, you know, very much the same way in the sense that, you know, people have debt in their lives, especially their mortgages, say, on their house. Um, they see value in that debt, um, but they know that they're, they're operating day-to-day expenses. If, if they're incurring uh, debt they're putting it on the credit card, that that will uh, cause severe challenges in the future, so... Viewing this the same way, Um, the Heritage Fund, uh, even though we'd like to see the returns increase, um, and and I hope that's part of the plan we can communicate later in the year, I think they had an average 10 year netted out return of 8.4% over the last 10 years. Uh, The average of our debt currently, although increasing is still under 4%. So when you're thinking of this in the net position of the province, like a lot of this uh, conversation has been, there's there's value there, and then you let it compound, and you have the commitment to to leave it there.
3: Okay, budget twenty twenty four is your first budget as finance minister. What did you learn as you prepared this budget?
0: That you have to say no about ninety eight percent of the time, and it's it's a very tough tough process. I I don't mean to be flippant there, but um, you know every everybody um, you know could use more, and there's many great defensible. Uh, ideas and proposals that that you really want to dig in and look at, um, but it certainly wasn't easy easy to land here. Even though, you know, 367 million is probably um, less than some were expecting. Uh, that it's a sincere it's a sincere challenge every year and for different reasons. But uh, the pro the process uh, gained a lot of respect for the process, uh, the amazing public servants that uh, help us elected. Uh, people work through that process Um, people that frankly are far too qualified and get paid uh, not enough to have that important of a role within this province but they yeah they they do it because you know they love it and they think it's important and uh, very
1: grateful that they're they're there thank you thanks minister we're going to go we only have a few more minutes left so i'm going to go to the phones take one more question we're going to circle back to the room for one more question so operator please put through the first caller
6: Jeremy Thompson CTV yeah hi there uh, thanks for taking my question here just gonna <laughs> walk away from the from the feedback that I'm getting in the room here pardon me um, so yeah just a few more questions on the um, the wildfire preparedness um, I know you talked already about sort of the contingency fund and, and setting aside you know two billion dollars for this year I guess what all can you say about other investments that uh, the province is making to, to fight what is expected to be quite a severe uh,
0: season? Yeah, a great question. And um, I know Minister Lowen has, has spoke about this uh, some, and he'll speak more in the coming days, but um, they've, they've already began the process. They have um, obviously firefighters that have worked, uh, worked through the winter uh, this funding will allow them to, to add more crews and get them on the ground. Um, some of the investment is around technology, uh, around dealing with, uh, dealing with fires uh, during the night. Um, I, I don't want to get into too much detail there and, and scoop Mr. Lowen, but uh, uh, some great investments there. Uh, also uh, potential for different uh, contracting options. Um, upcoming i know they've uh, they relied on a lot of uh, different people and and learned a lot of things in the last wildfire season especially when they were uh, getting really close to endangering communities Um, and also long term uh, i think it was uh, mentioned but uh, we have a a plan in the out years of the capital plan to to update our our um, air tanker fleet um That'll take uh, take quite a while, but you have to get the order in first, and then uh, delivery may take uh, uh, up to six or seven years, I believe. But uh, yeah, so we're trying to deal with it now and and for the
2: future.
6: Okay, a complete change of subject here for my for my follow up. I just sort of in in the simplest possible terms, I guess. How how can you explain to Albert, you know, this uh, this surplus deficit? Situation, you know, how are we borrowing two point four billion dollars while still reporting a three hundred and sixty-seven million dollars surplus?
0: Well, the easiest way I can describe it is you're you're uh, you're choosing you're choosing to somewhat. You know, we could have left the retained earnings in the Heritage Fund and had those in general revenue. Then we probably wouldn't have been in a position where we would have uh, we would have chose to make that deposit because things are so tight we're making the choice to leave it there and it causes uh, us to need the cash at the end at the end of the year uh, for our cash position so i think if i'm if i'd ask Albertans to think of it that way it's about choices they're making between uh, debt they're willing to take on and savings that they want to make probably because they see that value uh, in the returns and the long-term vision you know there i can imagine there's albertans that would have um, you know, savings that would be enough to eliminate all their debt, but they choose not to because they have that the, the savings has that value for them and they know what it'll mean in the future.
1: Great, thanks, Minister. As promised, we're gonna come right back to the room for one more question.
4: Thank you, Darcy Robchan, City News. I just had a follow up to the electric vehicle tax question. Um, in the report, it says it's expected to generate $8 million by 26 27, I believe. You mentioned it was partly about repairing roads, but that seems to be a a drop in the bucket compared to the provincial uh, budget. Like, why not tax larger vehicles as well if it's about road damage?
0: Well, we do through the fuel tax. But I'd say it's, you know, Prime Minister Minister Trudeau said they're not even going to make gas-powered vehicles after 2035 or something. So we better prepare for the future, I guess, if this is all that's going to be there to maintain these roads. Just to that, and um, you mentioned fuel
4: tax as well. Ele- electric vehicle owners aren't paying it. If the gas tax ever is suspended, would electric vehicle owners ever see any relief uh, coming their way?
0: Uh, it would be a challenge to implement because of the annual uh, nature. Uh, but I'm sure there would be a consideration.
1: Okay, great. Thanks, everyone. Um, just a quick thing: if you didn't get to answer your or ask your question. You can email tbf.communications at gov.ab.ca and we'll do our best to get your answer ASAP. Thank you.
0: Thank you all.